Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. So in this episode, I chat to Dan Parker. Now, Dan launched the healthy eating programme Veg Power to encourage more kids to eat vegetables. I feel like this is something I probably need in my life with my three and a five year old. No, honestly, they're not that bad. Um, but the programme is now supported by a three million pound TV advertising campaign, huge celebrity support and a schools programme for over half a million kids. So 83% of teachers said that it was the most popular health programme in their school with 60% of children eating more vegetables. So it's clear that Veg Power is doing something very well indeed to get kids eating more healthily. So today Dan shares why he is so passionate about getting children to eat more healthily and the impact that this can have on the well-being of pupils. So I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation. Let's just get to it. So Dan, welcome so much to the podcast today. Hi, good morning. So I'm I'm really excited about this actually because what I like is when it's something a little bit different um, and we're going to talk vegetables. So tell me, what is veg power? So there are teachers listening, maybe they've got no idea what on earth veg power is. What is it? So we're, we're a not-for-profit organisation whose its purpose in life is to get kids eating more vegetables. And it, it, we're very much driven by a public health agenda. And it was started by a lot of people with a reasonably high profile in public health, you know, Jamie Oliver and Hugh Phoney Whittingstall and various mm-hmm. others. And we sat there and said, if we look at the core problems, is we know that children's dietary health is a source of immense concern. And actually, there are two critical issues in there, which is they're eating far too much sugar and not enough vegetables. And so we decided that what we needed to do was to get kids excited about vegetables, try and get them to see vegetables in a more positive light, and see if we can address the amount of vegetables in their diet so that they get those nutrients they need to grow healthy bodies and healthy minds. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so how you know how is it been running so far? How does it run in schools? So we are um, we're four years old now, and uh, we have uh, a couple of sides to what we do. The core bit is we run a program called Eat Them to Defeat Them, and Eat Them to Defeat Them started. Uh, it's about to enter its fourth year. We developed it in partnership with ITV, and every year we get. Uh, a massive advertising campaign donated by about 20 different media companies led by ITV, Channel 4 and Sky. So we get about four to five million pounds worth of advertising. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're still donated. And then our advert is made for us for free by the people who make the John Lewis advert. So they're very good, at, very good at what they yeah. do. And what that advertising does is it gets, uh, it builds a buzz. I mean, the, the interesting thing about advertising is advertising doesn't necessarily get people to change what they do. What it does, it creates an environment for other things to succeed. So it creates mm-hmm. an excitement around vegetables. And then coupled with that, we have fantastic celebrity support. So last year we had Amanda Holden and Dame Emma Thompson and Sam and Mark from Cracker Jack and Jamie Oliver. And all that creates this real, real buzz that filters through into the lives, not just of kids, but also of the school as a whole and of the parent and carer community as a whole. And then what we do in schools, we run a program in schools the purpose of which is to try and turn all that buzz and all that excitement into kids actually trying probably something new or something they're not so confident about trying. 
And that's, I think, where schools could be so incredibly effective. Schools can create such a positive peer environment that they are a very good place to encourage kids to try new things. Yeah, because it's very different to home, isn't it, as well? It is. The interesting thing about home, because schools are great at getting kids to try new things, but homes are where habits form. And, and actually, if you're looking at any program like this, whether it's around this or, or various other things that, that people do, you know, such as exercise or other health eating initiatives, and also a whole, whole wide range of things, is you can't really separate. If you, look, you try and do a program in schools in isolation, you're going to fail because it's, it is reasonably easy to turn up in a school, have some fun, get the kids to respond positively because they, you know, generally kids at primary school age are such are so positive and they're so responsive. But actually, you need to see schools as a place where new ideas can grow. But you've got to work in partnership with homes is where they become habits. So, what we we do in schools is we, during the course of the of the program, which runs for this coming year for five weeks, there's a featured vegetable each week. And so we have a themed week. So we're going to kick off with carrots on the 28th of February. And we'll work with the catering teams to put on displays of carrots and they'll make carrot jelly or carrot cake or carrot muffins or carrot whatever they might want to make. And then the school, we've arranged tons of activities for them to do or not do, you know, carrot art projects, carrot learning projects, lots of different things they can do with carrots to the degree that, that suits them. But the whole end point is there's a moment of truth when we say to the kids right now, you can try. And they don't have to try. They don't have to try. They don't have to like. But the option is there for them to try. And if they try, they get a really big fun sticker. Mm. Uh, Which kids love. Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, kids at primary school age will do almost anything for a sticker. And our stickers are louder and bigger and brighter because we know that that just delivers. I hasten to add they're all plastic free. Um, (laughs) But you see, the crafty thing about the sticker is what the sticker is, is a letter home to their parents and carers. Because mm-hmm. we know from the work we've done with parents and carers that actually, you know, most parents and carers want their kids to be more healthy. And they know basically what they do to be more healthy. But what their concerns are is they're concerned around friction around the dinner table in the evening. None of us want it, particularly at the end of a hard day. They're concerned about waste, which is particularly true of families that are perhaps trying to sort of run on lower income. And so what they want is confidence. Confidence is a really important issue. So when the kids come home going, oh, guess what? I tried broccoli in school today and I got a big broccoli sticker. What we're doing is we're giving their parents and carers the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to serve some broccoli and see if I can take this through to the next step. And then what we give to every single, every single kid goes home with a reward chart and sticker pack, which is designed to encourage them to have broccoli three more times. And by that point in time, if you've had broccoli three more times, it should now be part of that child's diet. So we've turned buzz into sampling at school, into habits at home, and we're seeing that that's actually sticking quite well. Yeah, well, I love that. Sampling at school and habits at home. That's obviously, you know, not something you just pulled out of the air, is it? Uh, Well, I mean, you know, we've studied this quite a lot. We're we're advertising and marketing people combined with public health people, with some fantastic educators. And we're very much about a marriage that says if we can bring together amazing educators and people who really know around public health and nutrition, but we also then bring in children's entertainers and child psychologists and people who understand advertising and say, well, actually, what we need to do is to create magic. Mm, yeah. right? And you need to understand what is it we're trying to achieve? What's the right thing to do? What are the right things for them to eat? What's the right psychology and nutrition information? Right. How do we turn that into something that is shiny and sparkly and exciting and fun? 
So we get a positive response to the kids. And it's that marriage, if you like, of art and science that is, I think, is essential to any kind of public health initiative. Yeah. Have you tried carrot jelly then? It sounds some of the thing is it either sounds like something you would get in a in a school canteen or in a really posh bistro. It really would, wouldn't it? I mean, it depends. You could it could either be sl- massive great spoons of the stuff like that, or just a <laughs> tiny little minuscule pot in the centre of a big plate for fourteen pound fifty. Yeah, I, no, I have not actually tried carrot jelly. I have seen some caterers do it. Um, I'd give it a go. Uh, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, what we always want to do is get kids eating picking up a carrot and eating a carrot right but everything needs to be seen as a journey towards that so carrot jelly is great because what you're what you're doing is storing some of the ice because unfortunately lots of kids not just think vegetables are disgusting but they actually see them it's actually slightly uh more complex than that for many kids vegetables are almost like a currency in a battle of wills between them and their parents Mm, right yeah and and they perceive them as evil. If you think, you know, how many times have you switched on a kid's film? They've gone, broccoli, right? And that is creating a very negative environment. So when we created this campaign, interestingly, we, uh, we launched four years ago. We sent out one question to lots of different people. As I said, we asked educators and child psychologists and children entertainers, all these different people. The one question we ask is, why don't kids like eat more vegetables? Okay. And the message that came back was this whole thing that, yes, with the parents, it was all about the convenience things I mentioned earlier, but with the kids, that they saw vegetables almost as the enemy. Mm. And then we studied uh, two other things. We looked to see other veg campaigns all around the world, which generally follow the pattern of either talking about health and cancer and diabetes and immunity and things like that, or they focus sort of an unrealistic view of hearty farmers with wicker baskets and people in 30,000 pound kitchens taking their waitrose delivery. And mm. and it didn't really talk to the audience that we felt we need to talk to. And so, and then the third thing we did is we did, we did some focus groups with kids where we said to them, right, bring in something that you love. And, and we got all the stuff they bought in and we stuck it up on a wall. And what you could see was uh, energy, frenetic, bright colors, Lots of, uh, there's this narrative that kids love where basically the adults are incompetent and the kids are the heroes. And if you look at, oh, yeah, yeah, you look at the that. narrative of Harry Potter or Star Wars or almost any kid's story, there's this whole thing of kids being the heroes and taking over. So we then looked at it and said, well, okay, we're going to fit this whole thing on this head. Because if you want to take anyone on a journey from A to B, you have to start at A, even if you don't like the look of A. If you start at B, you will definitely fail. And so what's A? Okay, vegetables are the enemy. Vegetables are disgusting. I lose if I eat them. Hmm. Okay. So we then created a campaign called Eat Them to Defeat Them, where it says, it says, you know what, kids? You're right. The vegetables are evil. They're coming to take over the world. The adults have been fighting them for years, but they're losing the battle. They need your help, but there's only one way you could defeat them, and that is to eat them. And the wonderful thing about children is they have, particularly sort of children, once you get to about the age of five, children have the ability to suspend belief. I, a three-year-old thinks that Teletubbies actually exist and live in a hill, or whatever it mm. is that three-year-olds watch these days. My child's 12. Um, but once they get to about five, they understand that these things aren't real. And so they totally get the eat and defeat them as a ruse to get them to eat vegetables. They get that totally. But it's funny and it's silly yeah. and it's gamified. And what kids want more than anything else is they want adults to play. 
And so if their parents are going, right, come on, let's get them peas. You're going down, peas. And the parents like take a big spoonful of peas. That is the best thing you can do to get your kids to eat veg. Yeah. Right. Because kids, you know, every parent knows how positively kids respond to you making that effort. Playing. Right. I know. It doesn't make you feel awful as a parent when you think that all they really want you to do is to spend time with them and play. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that campaign we did then. Obviously, it's a fairly risky thing to do because it was a, a a different approach to what's been done in the past. But the response has been absolutely fantastic from the children and schools and the parents. Yeah, I love this. It's so interesting. So, I mean, I feel like you've you've touched on it a lot anyway. But why why is it so important? So, eighty nine percent of our kids don't eat enough vegetables, right? But perhaps the greatest concern is there's about a 29%, about a third of our children who eat less than one portion of veg a day. Wow. And at that point in time, they are deficient in nutrients they need, which will affect the growth of their body, the growth of their minds. It's likely to affect their energy levels. It's likely to affect their behavior. Uh, and lots of things that we might worry about on a day-to-day basis about our kids, you know, around behavior and attention and, 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 and achievement in school. If their diet is deficient that will probably be the like cause of it sadly if we look across the society there is there's broadly about a third of our kids and it's sadly the same third who you know there's a higher propensity towards uh having excess weight they're eating too much sugar they're not getting much exercise they're watching too much telly uh and sadly it's generally the same group of kids and very sadly that's often the kids that come from the lowest income families and, the, and we should be very, very worried about the future outlook for these children because, unfortunately, those things generally don't improve with life. You don't grow out of it. That's that's a myth. Um, the habits. And then it gets passed on as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll learn to eat more vegetables as we get older because we get more uh, more comfortable with bitter tastes at a, at a, a physiological level. We get more uh, used to bitter tastes as we age. But those kind of values around food, and if we look, where's that? Where does that trickle down to? It trickles down to the explosion in in diabetes and and heart disease and cancer and all the other things that that are very well promoted. But if we don't get kids into a good place by the time they're eleven, then the chances of turning that around for them mm. over the next thirty or forty years are very very slim. So we need to put the attention in then. And vegetables, obviously, are part of a wider mix of issues, but they're a really critical one. And if you can start thinking about eating in a more positive way, then other things will filter through from that, that that will help those children out. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're completely right. And it's it, it's less about the habits formed of not eating it, but more about the habits and the mindset. I think as you as you age as well. Um, and uh, you know, I talk to my daughters quite a bit about that, about how your taste changed. Because, like, when I was a kid, I never liked raw pepper because it tastes really sweet as an adult, but as a child, it there's, there's definitely bitter going on. Um, that might have been that my mum just bought green ones. I don't know. Um, but but things like that, and you know, as I've grown up now, I like onions, and I didn't like onions then. And it's a, I suppose it's not just about being able to try things, but having the conversation around. Well, you might not like it now. But you will like it in the future. You you will. Not in a you will, but like like the mindset of in the future, you are going to like this. So I'll take that in my mind and I'll know that in the future, it's going to be a thing. And we, we focus around what we call six family favorite vegetables. 
and those vegetables are available everywhere they're pretty cheap and generally they're things that are easy to do and kids like so it's peas and sweet corn carrots broccoli peppers and tomatoes but again you need to know the right way to do it because you know we know if you if you stew your broccoli to death and it's soggy and disgusting it's not very appealing to anybody right? no as i say with the peppers not green ones right red ones maybe yellow yeah. and orange but definitely the red ones right um yeah. and where we try we also have supporting us an amazing lineup of celebrity chefs and nutritionists and food psychology experts and things of that nature so we have online lots of resources for the parents on the, how to use reward charts how to support fussy eaters and the lots of different techniques that you could use because it's it's not easy right um and so we're trying to marshal you know here's we're going to try and create the right environment We've lined up all the experts that we can find. We're trying to support parents as much as we possibly can do to succeed on what is, you know, the most important job any of us will do and one of the hardest jobs any of us will ever do, which is to raise, yeah, healthy, happy kids, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think they're really great choices. My children would eat all of those. They'll eat peppers raw. Um, I think it's sometimes it's a texture thing, isn't it? Um, but I, I also, I mean, it does take more work, but... You can hide a lot in a in a pasta sauce if you blend it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the tips we suggest <laughs> Which to people... Is, I do that a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's an interesting thing. Hiding veg will get more veg into your child today. What it won't do is to get more veg in your child every day. So there's a place for it, but it shouldn't be the only route. So, I mean, we one of the no, things no. we suggest to people is, um, you know, we have a recipe for making up. A, we have a nine-veg pasta sauce, and cooking that up and then freezing it into ice cubes like you you know used to do when you've got little ones you know, yeah that's just an absolute winner because you've got a bit you know because what what you want as parents and carers is you don't want saturday night recipes that involve using everything in your kitchen right what you want is a tuesday night solution that means you can put a fairly decent meal on the table mm. without too much faff without too much stress without too much washing up and it's just done <clears throat> and so if you batch cook a pile of nice pasta sauce stick it in the freezer you can if you need to pasta sauce boom jobs are good and decent meal yeah on a and bad got day no idea it's a as oven. well no, yeah yeah right? so it's there are lots of um i mean you might almost call them parenting techniques i suppose homemaking techniques that i think we have lost that are there to really help parents make it easier right mm. oh yeah yeah absolutely um okay then so what if you're listening to this episode now and and you're a teacher what can what can what can they do to move this forward how can they help the children in their class in their schools have a healthier diet okay so i mean uh, from the point of view of what we do our schools program this year launches on the 28th of february and uh, it launches the tv advertising launches on tv on the 15th of february and what we supply to schools is uh, a whole pile of kits. So there's a reward chart and a sticker pack for every child. And then there's some posters and some bunting and a guide and some stickers and various other things that, that is a kit for primary and special schools. And there's a guidebook. And then they can work with the caterers. We work with most of the major catering, local authority catering companies in the UK do this. And to give you an idea, we're, this this february we have the program is going to be going out to a million children in about four thousand primary schools uh and special schools in every corner of the uk Th this 
the, the way we've tried to design this program is that, um, you know, every teacher wants to run their classroom differently. Every head wants to run their school differently. Um, I, I'm not a massive fan of sitting there and di trying to dictate to teachers how to run their classroom because my feeling is that they know best. So what we try and do is to give them the resources, give them the support to approach the thing in the way they want to approach them. So if they want to go light, they can just give the kids the reward charts and sticker packs to take home. If they want to do more, we've got numeracy and literacy projects that have been donated to people like to us, like Oxford University Press. We've got craft projects, art projects, sensory education projects, all available. We have some schools who really, really, really go for it and they do things that we never thought of that amaze us. We have others that do it slightly differently. And I think the most important thing that we can do is to empower the teachers to make the decisions as to how they want to do things with their kids in their classrooms and to be there to support them whatever choices they make that's what we that's what we're that's what how we're trying to model it and we have a a wonderful advisory group of of teachers head teachers and other people in the world of education who keep us kind of grounded i suppose um and go yeah that's a nice idea but it's not going to work it'd be really annoying if you're a teacher and if you're not listening to that you're just going to get it wrong and we have to make sure we listen to those people yeah and i think that's a great approach that and um similar to the approach that we have at classroom secrets in that you know teachers do know best and you, you're only going to make it successful if you can if you can run with it in your own way so i used to be um i used to do quite a lot of supply and and uh there's this kind of thing in um Supply teaching is of whether you buy into it or not. You can read somebody else's lesson, but if you don't buy into it, you're going to have to make some changes so you can buy into it. And it, that's what you're saying, really, isn't it? You know, you've got the resources there so that you can buy into it in a way that works for you because if you buy into it, it's going to be successful on the level that you can give to it. Right, because right. the, the, the interesting thing in all of this stuff, I think probably around food, but around everything maybe, is there's an energy and enthusiasm that comes from the people the children encounter whether that's their teachers their, their the teaching assistants or their catering teams you know the single most important thing a catering team can do is smile when they serve the food right and engage with the kids and have some fun with them which most of them want to do anyway because it's you know it's not the best job in the universe but they do it because they love the kids right um would say the same thing to teachers is if what we're giving you you're sitting there going oh good god right then it's going to fail for everybody uh, we've got it wrong at that point in time. Um, I, I, you know, getting that right is experience. It's very, very hard, right? Because everybody has um, very different views as to how they want to do things. Yeah. So how how could a school make the school dining experience more positive and exciting? So I think, um, I mean, certainly we try, I think it's a basic lesson that, with kids, which is primary school age kids pretty much have one gear, which is how much fun am I having now? Okay. And therefore, when you're looking at food, you've always got to think of food as what, what's the fun in the food? So if you look at, uh, with, you know, without mentioning names, major hamburger restaurants, right, they have mastered the art of fun. And their food. toys, that's all they care about. They don't care about the right. food. But it's also much, it's, it's much, there's so much more to it than toys. And I don't know, uh, how, I went into one of those places recently for the first time in actually ages. I was amazed. They've got games consoles going on. Of course, they've got characters. And the whole thing is designed to be an yeah. event. 
Oh yeah. You can tell. You can tell I don't go. No right. Oh, right. Um, and the whole thing is designed to be an immersive adventure playground for children, mm. right? And for young yeah. adults as well. It's right. the boxes as well, isn't it? And how it's all compartmentalized right. and yeah. Right. And you know, there's some very very clever people who spend an awful lot of time and money and research in order to get those things meticulously right. Because at the heart of it, you're always asking the question of where is the fun in the thing that we're doing here? So, you know, obviously teachers can't expect to have a level of sophistication that you might find in those businesses. But what they can do is sit there and say, are we creating a positive environment? Uh, which again, nobody needs, to, nobody needs to like, nobody needs to try. Always try and keep it positive, support the kids. And good things will happen. That's, I think, the important thing in, in, in the schools, you know, the school best eating environment because you want your kids to eat well. You know, we, we do know that kids that are eating well will do better in class, that their behaviour will improve. So, you know, in terms of things you'd like to see inside your school on a day-to-day basis, I mean, there's an amazing thing that's worth anybody having a Google of called Magic Breakfast. Are you familiar with Magic Breakfast? No. So Magic Breakfast is a charity that is about giving... Realize that an awful lot of kids are going to school hungry. And they started feeding children some breakfast in the morning. And then they got a big grant off the back of the sugar tax. And I think that they give breakfast to about 300,000 children a day now. And what we found is lots of children who were being labeled as having behavioral issues or having learning issues or lots of sort of, you know, this, this child is something they were a bit concerned about. Is actually what they were was just hungry. And once you gave them a proper filling breakfast in the morning, it was amazing, the improvement Mm. for them. And then obviously the impact that has on all the children around them and the class in general. And it's an amazing program, absolutely amazing, simple thing. It's also, you know, for me, it just sits there and goes, I can't believe there's children in this country going to school hungry. And this is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Um, And again, I think the similar thing is just keep it positive and keep it fun uh, and take the pressure off and the kids will respond, I think. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So where can we find out more about Veg Power? Okay, so in terms of our program we have coming up, we, that uh, will be have a website called eatthemtodefeatthem.com. And there's a whole section there for schools. It's got uh, how people can register for the program. It's got lots of blogs from various teachers and heads who've done things with it and how the experiences they had. There's videos, there's downloads, there's tons and tons and tons of resources there to support people. We do other things throughout the rest of the year. This is our flagship. Uh, We also do a lot around healthy lunchboxes. Uh, We've got one of those coming out next week, uh, which is meant for parents. And it's, we call it a 60 second lunchbox makeover. Because for anybody who's made lunchboxes, 60 seconds is about as much time as you have to make a lunchbox in the morning. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah that's Whilst true. you're making the tea, putting on the washing, feeding the children and ten thousand other things, right? Um yeah. and checking so, your emails at the same time. Right. So you, those kind of lunchbox solutions that involve sort of cutting out sandwiches in the shape of teddy bears, we won't have any of that because that doesn't happen in the real world for normal people. Uh it's really what we're looking for is simple, quick and easy things that allow us to slowly increase the health and quality of lunchboxes we're giving our kids without there being a drama. Uh, and so we do one of those every term. We've got one of those coming out next week about sandwiches and how to slowly improve the quality of your kids' sandwiches and how to approach it in the conversation with the child. Because it's very easy to say, put some veg in a sandwich, but that's not the difficult bit, is it? Because 
you know, I know my son, he's still not that great, if I'm honest with you. You know, if you stick a cucumber in a sandwich, the first thing you'll do is take the cucumber out of the sandwich and then eat it. And then the cucumber will be sitting in the sandwich box. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and you know, it's how do you manage that in, a, in the most positive way possible. So we, we do lots of stuff like that throughout the year. Um, but the Eat Them, Defeat Them is our big flagship campaign. And that's the one that's really, really working well. Good, good. Well, thank you so much. I found this so interesting. And um, yeah, something important to talk about, isn't it? It really is. Um, you know, I know it's another responsibility for, for schools and teachers um, to add to the very many, many that they have. So we were always trying as much as possible to make it so that we're doing it in the right way. We do a, a survey of teachers every single year that would always ask people, you know, what we really want to hear from is the people who don't think we're doing our job very well. Because everybody says, this is great, we love it. It's, it's great. That, I say exactly the same thing. Right. I love that you like it, but the people who don't, please tell me. Right, because you, you sit there and go, that, that's great. it makes me feel good about myself, but it doesn't make me do my job any better. And, yeah. you know, and so the people who sit there and give you proper constructive feedback about the things you're not getting right, um, you know, I, they're just absolute gold dust, really, for any of us. Whatever yeah. we're doing in life is that, that yeah. sort of, you know, nice feedback yeah in a nice way you can <laughs> nice deliver way. it in a nice way yeah so uh yeah so that's what we always hope for is we always want to hear from from anybody who's a stakeholder in schools about what we can do because we we do have an amazing ability to leverage a lot of celebrities and a lot of very very skilled experts and to some extent quite a lot of money as well and we have the ability to channel that into something that could be positive for kids and positive for schools. But we could only do it if people are helping us to get it right. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for joining me on the Teachers Podcast. That's been my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much indeed for having me on. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.